Philippians, the third chapter, notice this in the 17th verse. And this is Paul writing by the inspiration of God. He said, brethren, he said, join in following my example. And he said, and note those who walk as you have us for a pattern. Right? Anybody knows what a pattern is, right? I mean, if you got a pattern for a shirt or something like that, and you laid it out on the cloth, and you just thought, oh, I like round lines, I like this. How many of you know you're going to get something different if you don't follow the designated lines, right? It may look cool, and it may not. And here's the thing, it may not fit you properly if you don't follow the lines, and God has set forth people or certain things as a pattern. And he said right here, it's safe to follow a pattern. You with me? And, and I find that interesting because, you know, if you got something, what if you went to some store today and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a new shirt, a new dress, and all of a sudden, you know, one side's sticking way out and baggy and the other side's real tight and... You would not accept that, would you? Some of you would. Okay, I'm just checking. You know they went off the pattern. Something's not right because none of the other dresses are like this. And so he said here, he said, you have us for a pattern. You have us, not a paper cutout. You have me or us, these ones, as a pattern. So in other words, you're looking at the lines they walked in as a pattern. He said, for many walk. In other words, I want you to look at how we walk. It's your pattern. And then he says, look, there are many people who walk. Let me go back and read that again, just in case you miss that. Brother, and join in following my example and note those who walk, who walk, who walk. How many of you know? You can go outside. There's a lot of people walking. And what do we mean by walk here? Do we mean they're just like walking around Costco? I mean, I, who knows? I may be there today getting samples. I don't know. But I'll be walking. But, but you understand when he's talking about walking here, he's saying there's people who live their life. They're living their life. They're walking out. He said, he said you have, and he said, I'm walking and we are walking, and you have us as a pattern. He said, for many walk. So everybody's walking, but different people are walking different. And when he's talking about walking, he's not talking just walking with a limp, you know, kind of like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, I want to walk like that. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the style of life they live. And he said, for many walk, of whom I've told you often. So this means, this wasn't the first time they heard it. And it wasn't the second time they heard it. This is often. How many kids go, man, do we have to hear that again? I know, I know. But why is he saying this? Why did he feel it was important to tell it often? Probably because there's a danger. Or something important in it. For 
Many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, or even telling you weeping. Now we don't find Paul crying. Oh, here he goes, a big cry baby, Paul. Yeah. You know, I was saw, you know, I was crying. No, we don't see that, and it's not like that. He is weeping. He cared so much for these people. He said, Listen, I'm telling you again. There's a lot of people walking in the earth. You have us as an example or a pattern. Then there's a lot of other people who are walking and I'm weeping telling you. Because he didn't want them to walk that way. But there's something else to it. He said, I tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Hey, let me make a statement. We may like movies, you know, we may like, you know, I think they're going to make like Terminator 17 or whatever they're at, 5 or 6 now. They're going to make another one. And we may like Arnold, you know, as an actor, but we know other things about Arnold. Don't mix up a character in a movie and think, oh, because they acted really well, you know, in that movie and he was like a kung fu fighter. Most of them really aren't, okay? Most of those ones that people get endeared to really can't jump from one building to another normally. And people don't divide the two. And they think that person is awesome. And really, they walk, and Paul would probably weep and say, they're not an example. So don't mix the two up. In other words, just because they have political views and they have moral views, don't think just because they're in the movies, God put them there and they're the pinnacle of life. I'm not saying don't watch movies. I'm just saying you've got to know that's not reality. So I know some people are blown away right now. Those people, that's not reality. And I know there are people who just don't get it and some character in a movie always plays bad, and people kind of like, oh, that guy. That's not them. They could actually be really loving, really kind, and a real good person. And more of an example to follow than someone else. But notice he said, brother, and join in following my example. Note those. Note those. You could say it like this. Mark it down. Mark, note those who so walk. So that means this. You ever heard this phrase, you're not allowed to judge? Anybody ever heard that before? You, you're not allowed to judge. Quit judging me. Do you know what he's saying right here? You're going to have to judge some people. Not be judgmental, but you're going to have to judge their lifestyle. And then you're going to have to mark it down. That is not the way that you're supposed to travel. He said, note those. And then you're going to need to know people who are living right. And note those. Mark that down. Get a mental note. That's the way I want to go. That's where I want to end up. So he said, note those. Mark it down. For many walk of whom I have told you, verse 18, and often told you, and now I'm telling you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Why are they enemies of the cross of Christ? He's about to tell us. Notice verse 19. Whose end is destruction... Now remember, we're following the pattern of one who finished his course. Got a crown. Will be with the Lord forever. Now he said these people, 
that we're warning don't follow their pattern, don't follow walk like they walk. Their destruction, their end is destruction. Didn't he say that? He said they're enemies of the cross of Christ. They're not for the things of God. They may say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm this or that or the other, but they're living a wrong example. He said their end is destruction. Because there's a lot of religious people out there. I love God and don't be judging me and don't do this. And I'm not a critical person. I think there's mercy and grace for everybody. If you fall, God will help you up. We'll help you too. Not everybody will, but we will try. You know, because sometimes people fall and they kick them while they're down. God's not about that. He wants to help people. You with me? And there should be mercy, but we got to be careful who we're setting up as an example for our own lives. And so he said, they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. Notice this phrase, verse 19, whose God, lowercase g, is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Then it says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Verse 19. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their own appetite. What does that mean? They have no restraint on their life. They do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it, where they want to do it. And it goes on to say, and they brag about shameful things. How in our society today have we gone from people saying, well, it's not right to do that, it's not right to do that, to, hey, it's okay to do this. I mean, you think about stuff that's going on, in our society, there's a lot of people who are living and their God, in other words, not he wasn't the God from heaven that came to the earth. Their God is their belly. In other words, the biggest thing in their life is their own personal appetite. And whatever I want, I'm going to fill myself with it and I'm going to do it. Somebody that lives like that has no consciousness that someday life will end and all men will stand before the Lord. They have no consciousness. They have no awareness of that. And so you see people start talking about the shameful things. You know, it used to be illegal to go to a fortune teller in the United States. It used to be illegal. Now it's totally legal. And now you can go on the phone and they've got, you can call them and get a free or, you know, low cost and Give them your credit card number and they'll tell you stuff. Those are familiar spirits. There's reasons that's mentioned in the Bible. It's real. It might be supernatural. And they can tell you stuff because the devil's all over the place too. And there's some stuff he can tell you. You with me? And so that being said, we need to realize what used to be shameful isn't altogether shameful. You need to note that and recognize that's not what I'm going to couple myself with and join myself with. And he said they talk and they brag about shameful things and they think only about this life on the earth. Isn't it interesting? He told us we need to think about the life not only on the earth but after the earth. 
here's some interesting things. Their own God is their belly. But the Bible tells us as Christians, if we're going to walk in love, we don't seek our own rights, our own ways. We look to God. We look to help people. We look to love one another and not do things and bring them down a wrong path. It says they glory in their shame. And they have pleasure in it. They, they're praising toward it. But you notice Ephesians says that these things that are done that are shameful, he said we shouldn't even discuss it. It should be shameful to us to even talk about it. These are good mentality. These are examples we're to follow. It says they set their mind on things only in this world. Colossians says that we're to set our mind on things above, not be focused solely on things of the earth. If you're only solely focused on the here and now and the things of this earth, spiritual things will become indifferent to you. It'll be a Sunday thing. It won't be a life with God. It'll be, and then that might even get cold. You with me? We need to set our minds on things above. The reason their appetite grew for the things of the world they set their mind on the things of the world. If you want your appetite to grow for God, set your mind on the things of the Lord. That's important. But notice he said, these guys are a wrong pattern. Why is it that we need to be careful of the people we're around, the people we associate with, that become our dear friends, so to speak, or compadres, you know, those guys, those people. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's look at a couple of these things right before we close. 1 Corinthians, did I say 13? 15. We would get there eventually. It would just take longer if we read through. So we'll just go right to 1 Corinthians 15. Notice this. This group here, this Corinth church here, they were a group of people that were struggling with being really following after the pattern of the world. And they were doing some stuff that was just not appropriate from God's standpoint. Paul never condemned them for it, but I mean, they're getting drunk, and not just at home, at church. Going to take communion, they're getting drunk on wine. There's openly people are having sex outside of marriage. I mean, they're following false doctrines. They're bickering, they're fighting. Paul said, these things are not right. And what's interesting, he tried to feed them truth to help them to get strong. And he says this about how to get strong or how to take away what would make you weak and defile you and mess you up. You with me? And it's very similar to what we just read. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Do not be deceived. What is it to be deceived? Tricked into believing a lie. Evil company corrupts good habits. Let me say it like this in the new Mesa, Arizona translation. If you hang out closely with a skunk, you will eventually smell like a skunk. You say, well, I'm working with tomato juice. It doesn't matter that you're just going to keep getting sprayed. What would the key be? Get away from the skunk. Now, I'm not trying to say that about somebody in your life. I'm just saying. 
it says evil company corrupts good habits. So you could say this, good company then would enhance good habits. But here's the thing. You don't even have to have a bad friend now if you go entertain wrong things. Because you can befriend a TV program that may tell you uh, lying is okay. And then they make a joke out of it, and then we all laugh. Ha, 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 ha. That's funny. But remember, he said, we're not even to speak of those things that are, that it should be a shame to us. But here, we're laughing at them. We just need to guard ourselves. Why? Because that's not the pattern. I knew you guys would be excited about this. Turn to Proverbs. This is the book of wisdom. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. It's interesting. Evil company will corrupt. Will corrupt. So, that doesn't mean you can't watch TV, but you should be careful what you do watch. I mean, you think about TV today compared to 30, 40 years ago. I mean, I'll go watch some old shows, you know, like the Andy Griffith show. Somebody said, they're boring. But you think about it. They had something moral they were teaching. You watch even I Love Lucy, which I think she's kind of funny. You may not. I think the Three Stooges are. Now you think I'm weird. But, but you think about it, you go watch those, Fred, or what was his name, uh, Lucy and Ricky, were literally married in real life. But when you'd go in their bedroom, there were two beds there. And they slept in separate beds. Um, at their own house, it wasn't that way. It was one bed, one set of sheets. You get me? But in public, it was like, whoa, you can't do that. I had heard years back that when they did film some of that, it was, it was even with two beds, there was a thing where they'd put one leg down on the ground. Because they're just trying to be above board. Now, they'll make people, this is the truth, and it's all coming out in these people that are a pattern that's wrong, and then they make movies and stuff that's wrong, and then we feed on it, and we wonder why we struggle with lust and wanting to steal and wanting to walk away from the things of God. And he warned us in the last days there would be things like this. We think they're just portraying their pattern, but they'll tell girls to come in, some guy, and say, now strip down naked and re read the, the script to me. Um... I'm just thinking maybe there's something not right with that. I'm thinking maybe his God is his belly and he's just trying to fulfill his own appetite. He could care less about that. And then he'll get her to do that for everybody else. And then they'll go to the movie and feed on it and it'll feed an appetite and build an appetite in them that's inappropriate before God. And so what do we do? Evil company corrupts good habits. We have to censor our own lives. 
yeah, you're, you're like going back into the 50s. Well, maybe we need to go back to the 20s or something or back to the Bible. Somebody said, well, that's real prude or whatever. No, God made things right between man and a woman, a husband and a wife. But there's just this craving to fulfill anything that, that goes today. But I don't know about you. I want to be transformed, like the Bible said, from glory to glory. Even by His Spirit through the Word. Like it talks about in 2 Corinthians 3. Proverbs 22. This is the book of wisdom. This means if you want to stay away from problems in life and you want to be wise, you know, this book will tell you how to get good friends. It'll tell you how to get riches. Somebody said, I thought they were bad. No. He said, if you get wisdom... He said, then riches would be added to you. I've told people this. Some people go to these, these uh, seminars and they want to get rich. So they go there to get knowledge about riches and how to get rich. I tell them, don't do that. You're missing the boat. You're becoming covetous. You're wrong. What you do is pray and go there and get wisdom. Because in wisdom, the Bible said riches are in wisdom's hand. Remember Solomon? He prayed and said, Lord, I, I just want to help your people. Just give me a bunch of wisdom. What did the Lord say? Because you got wisdom, now you're going to be richer than anybody else. Go read the Old Testament. God's not against riches. He's against covetousness. Stinginess. God's as rich as anybody. He's the biggest giver. I mean, if you're allowed to say amen, that'd be okay right then. But I, I'm just saying... Proverbs 22, we need to get done with this. 22, 24. Notice this. He said, make no friendship with an angry man. If that, now don't read anymore, because I know what some of the people are like, come up to me after. Now, did you see what was in the 24th chapter? I'm like, we were in the 22nd. Yeah, well, I just kept reading. Stop, listen. If that's all God said right there was make no friendship with an evil man, that's all we need. Or an angry man. That's all we need. But he's going to tell you why you don't. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not even go. Don't even go there. That's what we'd say. Don't even get involved there. Don't, don't hang around with that. Why? Lest you learn of his ways and get a snare unto your soul. In other words, it'll get into your fabric of your thinking. It'll get into the fabric of way, the way you are. And eventually you're going to break out in anger and break out in rage, and you're going to think, I was never like that. You ever heard the phrase, birds of a feather fly? I was wondering if anybody listens. Flock together. All you have to do is get around them, remember? after the disciples who were just a gamut of different types of people that hung around with the Lord after they had been with Him three and a half years, the world, in observing them, said, these guys are uneducated, they're totally unlearned, but we could tell they've been around Jesus. So here's a thought as we close. Here's something you can do. You can monitor what goes into you, and it may take a while to get some of it out of your soul. If you've been dealing with anger or whatever, be careful what you feed on. But here's something you should befriend. Now, we've been talking about reading about Paul's pattern, and we've looked at various things. And we'll look at a few more, I'm sure. 
But here's something you can friend yourself. Your Bible. Befriend your Bible. Befriend your Bible. If things wear off, and I don't have peace, but I want peace, why don't I befriend and go through my Bible and start finding scriptures about the peace of God? And start reading them. And declaring that what God said is true and start thinking about them. If all of a sudden I started and then experiencing God's peace that way because I've been feeding on it. It'll wear off. What about truths about health or, or life or fellowship with God or God living in us? And I start reading them and I start looking at them and I regularly do it just like I would a person. I befriend the Bible. I befriend certain scriptures in the Bible. Hey, if things wear off from the world... God's Word is super powerful. It will wear off on you. And if you deal with guilt, you should go through about the Scriptures, about the blood of Jesus that, that washed you clean. I'm a Christian, but I just feel so guilty. Just start reading them. Befriend it. Hey, if anger wears off or different things wear off, isn't it interesting we can watch a comedian for a while, we'll start repeating their jokes. We'll start thinking about the jokes. We'll be in a conversation. This would be a good time to just shove that right in there. Did you ever hear the one about? Because it just rubs off. What if I make this like a real friend? Oh, we're friends. I talk to him about once a month. No, what if I make this a real friend? And I'm purposeful about it. And so I think about myself and think, what do I really need in my life? What are things I need in my life, God? I would like to have a better relationship with you than I need to be friend scriptures about prayer and fellowship and different things like that. And I need to be better at this. You know, my whole family, they've always been late. They've never been on time. Then maybe I should look at godliness. What's godliness and on time got to do? Well, isn't God on time? Bible said Bible says he will never fail you so some people say well God just didn't come through that ain't God we just approach wrong but God is faithful God is not late in our lives we maybe did something to not connect right but his character his God godly character if we want it, we can find it in the Word and we can get it in our lives and anything we feel deficient in we can find in the Word Befriend the Word. Befriend the Word in different areas. It will become a pattern. It will rub off on you. I knew you guys would be excited about this. And anything that corrupts, get rid of it. And you know what's wild? Is once you get an appetite for it, for wrong, may take a little extra work. Because you ever notice if you ever build an appetite for something... And uh, you go, i got to stop this. And you go, okay, I'm going to stop. I can't have candy after every meal or desserts after every meal. Nobody's ever been there before. I have. I'm like, oh, dessert sounds good. Dessert sounds good. And then I'm like, I need to stop that because my clothes are telling me this isn't good. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, And you just can't buy clothes up and then buy clothes down. You have like six wardrobes, you know. And so then you go, okay, I'm going to quit. Well, your appetite has developed. It takes some extra discipline, doesn't it? 
And so to get rid of some things and add some things, just know this. And I'm going to close with this thought. If you ever want to grow in love, the first, you know, a lot of people say love is, love is this, love is that, love is this. Most people know that right from the Bible. But you notice what love first is? It says love suffers. Long and is patient. Because people say, love is patient, love is kind. No, love suffers long and is patient. In other words, for me to walk in patience uh, and kindness, I'm probably going to have to suffer. Because my appetite's like, <clears throat> you can't say that to me. Why are you talking about that? I'm going to have to bite my tongue, as they would say, and hold my mouth and suffer. Oh, oh. And you know that's how it'll be with that candy bar. Oh, 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 I'm suffering, suffering, <laughs> suffering. But Jesus, the Bible said in Hebrews, learned obedience by the things he suffered. It wasn't that he, he got sick and he got, that's not the kind of suffering. It was whenever his will wanted to do something. Because remember, even in the garden at the end of his life, he said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Because I don't know about you, being a human, I wouldn't look forward to getting crucified, but he knew that was the way. So if there was another way, I'd do it, but he submitted his will. There were many times he submitted his will to keep it in line, and that's where you suffer. I knew you guys would be excited about that, but I'm telling you, your lives and my life can be transformed. Transformed. Watch who you hang out with. What do you want to be? You know, we say this, if you want to know how somebody's going to end up, look at who they're hanging around. Well, that's cool if we start reading the Bible. We know who we're going to end up like. 